Are you ready to become the go-to in your industry without having to fake it till you make it? I'm Caroline Vanatta, and I teach creatives like you the key that unlocks radical confidence so you can be proudly known as a creative expert. We're going to have meaningful conversations here to highlight the mindset shifts it takes to become your industry's go-to and stop trading dollars for hours. Okay, so in this episode, guys, I know you're so excited. Molly Ho is talking to us about Instagram tips, making viral content. If you haven't been following her, then you probably don't understand her growth and how amazing it's been the past year, six months. I've really only been following her for six months, but people love how authentic she is. And I love how she has just kind of taken this business where she is herself. She is this perfectly imperfect business owner who owns who she is, owns that she is doing the best she can. She's putting in the work, but also is creating really helpful content. So like as a personal brand, she's super relatable, but she's also created these products, these courses you can sign up, like go viral, get paid, where you can step in and really create an amazing Instagram funnel and get your strategy down so that you're attracting the right kind of clients. I know you guys are going to love what Molly shares in this episode and I can't wait to hear what you think. Molly, thanks so much for coming on here today and joining us. Will you go ahead and tell us a little bit about how you got started in your business? Yeah, so I always tell people that I've been in business for three years now, but I feel like I am in my first and a half year of knowing what I'm doing. So in my business, I pivoted a lot. I was a graphic designer, and then I was a brand designer, and now I am a marketing coach. I feel like people kind of gave me that name instead of me naming myself. But how I got started with my business, I ended up quitting my last job and I was like, I can either try to find another job or I can spend the next few years learning how to build my own business. I had no idea what I was doing when I first started, but I was like, I'm in my 20s. I have time to figure it out. And so that's really how I got started. Awesome. And will you tell us about maybe a little bit of that shift And what are some of the mindset shifts that really helped you step into your business now and really start thriving? Okay, yeah. So the first one of employee to business owner, I feel like a lot of people can relate to this, especially if they've worked in a job. When they first start their business, they're doing all the busy work. They're kind of operating as the employee in their business. And so that's kind of what I was doing for the first two years, which is why I think I really struggled because I wasn't focusing on like the overall plan or the future of my business. I was focusing on the daily things and I was very reactive to whatever happened that day or that morning. And so it was a lot of like, I don't know if I can do this. I'm always stressed out, et cetera. Actually, as I'm saying those things, I still feel those today. I think it's different now because the shift from employee to being a business owner, when I shifted to being a business owner, I started looking at the future of my business and also reflecting back on what I could have done better in the past, but I was still kind of doing everything on my own. And then recently in the past, I would say maybe a month and a half ago, I brought someone onto my team. And so now I'm not the only one doing all the things in my business anymore. 
I will say that I feel like I'm still doing the majority of things. But now I'm kind of looking at, okay, what else can I outsource? What else can I get help with? What are the things that I can do? And how do I want to grow my business? And just, I think, becoming more intentional has been like the major theme of it all. Because when I first started, I had basically no roadmap and no clue of what I was doing. But now I have a better understanding of like how a business operates. Yeah. Can you share maybe some of those things that you focused more on or what were you specifically changing your shift to? So before I was focused on like the followers and my likes and all of the numbers that people tend to look at, but as we know, like your followers don't always convert to sales and how much money you're making in your business. And so now I'm like looking more at, okay, what, type of income and I am I bringing in where is this income coming from so now I'm focused on creating different types of revenue streams rather than just one and I feel like in the beginning of my business it was always like where is the money coming from this month whereas now I'm planning out like three to six months ahead and it's so funny because I just hit 10k followers on Instagram and everyone is so excited and I always thought that like it would feel more exciting but then when it happened I was like Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. And so I've personally watched you really blow up on Instagram and I really don't mean just followers, but by the type of content you're creating, I'm personally attracted to it. I'm seeing a lot of engagement. Like everyone else is also excited. Everyone else is reposting. So we want to hear from you. What are some things that you think people should be posting on Instagram? Yeah, so I think content in 2020, infographics do really well. The Twitter style posts we've all seen do really well. Any type of educational content people are going to save. So I always say that if you want more shares, you should be creating something that's relatable, inspirational, funny, educational, one of those. But it has to be something that people look at and say, oh my God, this is totally me. Or I want to share this with a friend. And then that's basically how things go viral, right? It's one person sharing it with their audience and then someone from their audience sharing it with their audience. And then it's like, the more shares you get, the more reach it like it has. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so do you have a specific process for creating viral content? Um, So I actually map out my content in advance. So if people look at my feed, they'll see that I do a lot of the Twitter style posts. And basically what I do is I'll sit down every two months, not every two months, every two weeks to a month, and then I'll write down all the sayings. And then what I do is like I put them into Twitter and I basically make them into posts. And then I schedule them. And then for my educational type of content, I create them in Canva. So I batch create everything. So if I'm creating a checklist, I create all of my checklists at once. But before that, I like write down the types of content that I'm creating so that by the time I'm creating the graphics or whatever it is, I already know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And so how are you collecting and like kind of creatively coming up with the stuff you're plugging into these different types of posts? I think most of it is from my own experience and what I've struggled with. But now that I have a Facebook group and people are asking me questions, every time someone asks me a question, I'm not the best at this, but what I would recommend to others is keeping a running Google Doc. So every time someone asks you a question, add it to your Google Doc and just have it in one place. So whenever you're like, well, what should 
I write about, look back at that Google Doc. And same thing with service providers or coaches. If your clients are asking you the same questions over and over again, that's basically content. And that's literally what people are asking you for. Mm -hmm. I think that's so good. And it's true that like once you start talking to your audience more, you'll see these same things pop up again. And I've noticed that I kind of have these immediate reactions to it because you know, just when you're on the other side of something, you kind of have a different perspective. And so I kind of have the, like, if someone's like, I'm just always so overwhelmed. Like I personally have my own like things to that. And that's kind of how I come up with content. And I love the Google doc idea because I bet even just having those kind of pain points or questions that your clients are having, like we all kind of need a document like that to really understand our clients. Yeah, for sure. And now I have a document of like their pain points, their struggles, the language that they've used and all of that. So even if you haven't collected that in the past, you can always start today. Yeah, that's so good. I love that. I'm curious how far you like to batch things out or plan things out for your social media. Okay, total transparency. Um, the past few weeks, I've basically been creating content on the fly because I've been doing like launches and then my Facebook group launch. But in an ideal world, I would like to have at least a month planned out in advance or at least two weeks because otherwise you're wasting so much time creating content every single day because that's something that your brain has to think about against so your task switching. But if you're batching your content, you're like in that zone, in that environment, and you use up a lot of energy in that time, but you're not like using up a little bit every single day. Yeah, that's so good. And I love you sharing that because a lot of times we want to be the kind of person that batches things out a month and it's like, it doesn't have to be either or. Like you right. can do it on the fly for a little bit. You can batch out a week, you can batch out a month. I do the same thing. I like love helping my clients do like content repurposing and batching, but it's like, there's no magic formula. And that's just why I wanted to ask. Cause it's like a month. So I've, I don't think I've ever done a month before, but that would feel so good. And yeah, that's totally possible for anybody. You just get a few hours, get in the zone and crank it out. I love that so much. And so can you share a little bit about some tips for converting your audience into paying customers? Because especially like you've grown your following so much, but not only that, you're selling out your courses, you're getting people in your programs. There's so much hype around it. Tell us some of your tips for that. Okay. I feel like this is the number one question I've been getting ever since I've shared how much I've earned. But I would say that for my first launch, it was a lot of my warm leads that bought. And I think that's something that a lot of us tend to forget about. There's your cold leads, your warm leads, and then your hot leads. And people are at different points in their journey of knowing you, of like getting to know you, of how much they trust you and stuff. So... If you feel like your audience isn't really engaged with you, you have to take that time and that space to create that relationship with them. And I think a lot of people just want it to happen like next week or even in two weeks. But I'm like, I've been nurturing my audience for a really long time. And I've been talking about marketing for a decent amount of time. And it's not just like educating them. It's also showing them that you're a real person because what I've been discovering is people are like, well, I basically follow you because you're honest, you know, you have struggled. So it's also sharing like your storytelling content and your connection content. That's why I call it your storytelling connection content. So, like I don't have just one tip. It's kind of the same things that people have heard. Be patient, be consistent, 
I think consistency goes a long way because what I've noticed in the industry is that um, a lot of people fall off. So I feel like just by staying consistent, you're building that credibility and that authority because people don't want to pay you unless they know that you're going to deliver. And so it's also doing that, but showing social proof of like, hey, other people have bought into my program or course. And so during their first launch, every time someone bought, I shared that on my stories. And that was basically like, if someone else was on the fence, they bought it too. If you're trying to convert your audience, you want to be showing other people who are converting as well because no one wants to be your test bunny. And if you're like, well, I don't have any clients yet, then do some free sessions and get testimonials that way because it's not like you're lying, but no one knows if they're paid clients or not. And you're still helping them. If you were saying that they bought your stuff, then that would be a different thing. But if you're like, you don't have to mention it. And so I think social proof, storytelling and connection, educating, giving value, learning how to educate without giving your whole thing away has been super helpful for me because I think before I used to just give everything away for free and I see a lot of people doing that but if you give everything away for free then why are people going to work with you or hire you oh and then learning how to sell has been like the biggest game changer for me so before my first Pinterest course I was like I have no idea how to sell. And I was like, okay, I have to learn how to sell because I want this launch to go well. So I bought a book called The Science of Selling. And then it talks about six reasons why people buy. So I would definitely recommend everyone check out that book because it addresses like why people sell, the way they think and all of that. That's so cool. I'm curious if there's like one thing that really stood out for you with that book and how you kind of got comfortable with selling. Like if someone's maybe in your position right now, they're like, okay, I have a launch coming up. I really want to do this thing, but like, I'm not good at selling or they have that belief. What's like the one thing you might tell them? I would say the biggest thing for me was investing in like mentorship and just having that emotional support and reassurance that your life isn't falling apart because I think that launching it's like a emotional roller coaster times 20. <laughs> and so it's easy to kind of lose momentum when you're seeing multiple days of no sales and having someone reassure me that I was like, my thing was it basically going to fall apart and I would go bankrupt was helpful. But I think that honestly, you just have to do it. Like you have to feel the fear and do it anyway. And it's a muscle that we build. And the more times you launch and the more times you put yourself out there, I think that having rejection is actually a good thing because it teaches you to be resilient. And I feel like that's a skill that a lot of people can learn because at some point you're going to fail. And that's a lesson that I had to learn over and over again. And I think I'm finally at the point where it's like, if things don't go as well as I hope they would, I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so true. And I think it's like, you'll hear a lot of people say like, it never goes away, but I kind of compare it to like when you're at a restaurant and there's like a couple next to you that's having an interesting conversation, you can like start to tune it out or you can like totally be tuned in. It's mm -hmm. like all that fear, those beliefs that like, I'm not good at selling. You can either like listen to them, tune in or not. And on launch mode, it's like those voices get louder. <laughs> Yes. Like, it's like, there's no one else in the room and you're just like, trying to ignore those people. And just like you said, exercising that muscle is really important. And having that rejection, things not going well in the past, it's like 
so many successful entrepreneurs will say that getting over failure was like a huge part of their success. Um, yeah. That's so good. So Molly, when you kind of stepped out and started creating that expert content, did you ever struggle with imposter syndrome or anything like that? Yes, yeah, so much. Um, I actually remember last year when I wanted to do coaching and I kept going back and forth to my friend. And I was just like, oh my gosh, every week you want to do coaching. You don't want to be do coaching. Like, do you know which one you want to do? And then it's so funny because at some point I was like, okay, I'm not going to do coaching. I'm just going to do design for you services. So I definitely felt the imposter syndrome a lot when it came to like offering advice because I felt like so many other people were doing it. And I felt like no one saw me as an authority and no one wanted to pay me for my mentorship. And it wasn't until, so my, my one-on-one coach now is like, you basically did it backwards where I kind of started growing my following and I started creating different types of content. And then my content started picking up. And I think it was through other people seeing it where they started like seeing me as an expert before maybe I even saw myself as an expert. I felt the imposter syndrome, I would say, until people started getting on my wait list for my first launch. So like even when I announced it, I still felt it like big time. And it wasn't, for me, it wasn't until people came back to me and they were like, this is so valuable, this is so helpful, until that voice started to quiet down. Mm-hmm. And what kind of kept you going or pushing through that? There was a point in time when I was traveling and I was like, I have this much money in my bank account. And I met several people in Bali who basically weren't working. They were just living off their savings. And I had like, monthly recurring revenue from my templates and I was like I can probably not do anything for two to three years but still live here but I also felt unfulfilled and so I think when I came back to states I had the intention of okay I'm going to grow my business so that I can make more money so that I can travel to different parts of the world that you know cost a little bit more to travel in And so that was kind of my motivation where I knew that like I was basically trying different things to see if it would work or not, because I knew that not working didn't necessarily make me feel happier either. Mm, So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so that's when you decided to launch your Pinterest course? Well, actually, I decided to do the Pinterest course because I like the idea of passive income and that you like, I basically like the idea that you do a lot of upfront work first, but you do less work, but still earn money later on. Mm -hmm. And that's what you do with your templates, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's like the Molly model. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, Molly, this has been so great. And I want to hear what's on the horizon for you and your business. Yeah, so I'm not sure what the rest of this year looks like, to be honest, but in April, I am launching my first ever group coaching program, and right now I'm getting on, since we're talking about Instagram, I'm doing one-on-one Instagram intensives, where I basically learn about people's businesses and what they specifically need help with because my whole thing is I don't want to create a cookie cutter business Mm -hmm. if you're selling and looking like everyone else on Instagram you're not going to stand out and so I am all about that and I think for me 2020 is just about growth and leadership and outsourcing more and maybe bringing someone else onto my team so I am interested in how it turns out. 
Yeah, me too. I'm so excited for you. And where can everyone learn more about you? Yeah, so I am at Molly Hill Studio on everywhere. So Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, my website, and on Facebook, my Facebook group is called The Social Studio. So if you search up The Social Studio with Molly Ho on Facebook, you'll find me there as well. Okay, amazing. Thank you so much, Molly. It was so great to chat and learn from you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being a part of the creative expert movement. Share this episode with a friend or on social media so together we can empower creatives to charge more, work less, and fall back in love with their businesses. If you're ready to jump in and become a creative expert, I have a free training where you'll find out yes or no if you're ready to launch an expert product like a course, coaching, or in-person event. Go to becomeacreativeexpert.com and DM me on Instagram while you're watching so that together we can make a custom plan for you to become your industry's go-to leader. Thanks so much for listening to the Creative Expert Podcast. I'll see you next week.